<clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. I'm shy. <laughs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Tawa Let's. Now, kakatapos lang ng 11-11. Were you guys able to buy everything that you want? Ang dami kong binili. Oh, guilty nga eh when I saw my bill. No! Why did I buy these many things? But I do need it. I do need it. I bought some skincare stuff. I haven't been doing any skincare stuff over the pandemic. So fine. I bought new furniture for my new place. I'm moving to a new place. Um, ano pa ba? A lot. A lot of really useless things. So I hope everybody was able to enjoy 11-11 because... Yes, excited na talaga ako to get everything that I bought. So our next guest for this episode, well, we have two guests actually because these two have been friends of mine for many, many years and they were a part of a pretty big OPM band in the 90s that wrote a lot of comedy songs. If you notice, in the 90s, ang dami-daming mga comedy bands. We had them, we had uh, Parokya ni Edgar. And I wanted to know a little bit more about what it was like being in a comedy band back in the 90s. So today, we have Gabe Mercado and Bob Guerrero from The Police. Hi, Bob. Hi, Gabe. Welcome to Tawalets. We are so happy to have you on the show as The Police. Thank you for agreeing. You're oh, you're welcome. Kami, uh, when we got the invitation, parang okay lang. Okay lang. Steady. Wala naman ginagawa. Might as well. <laughs> Quite unemployed. So, yeah, totally free. I checked diba? my schedule and there's nothing before after it for like two days. So, yeah, I guess so. Yes. <laughs> what have you guys been doing? Gabe, you are far away from both Bob and I. What have you been doing over there? I have uh, resettled to Baguio. I live and work yeah. in Baguio right now. And I bless you, Bob. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I'm in the field of alternative education right now. I run a uh, what's called a creativity accelerator for kids. Um, uh, yeah. And so in, in the STEAM field, science, tech, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Yes, indeed. Running a center from the guy who wrote Tae. Oh, yes, exactly. For kids, diba? A center for kids. For kids. Vivita, oh, how about you, Bob? <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I am was a, a, a sports broadcaster and uh, a sports writer, but there's nothing to broadcast or write about right now. And mm. uh, the place where I worked for is gone, uh, ABC Bit Sports. So I'm doing some writing, uh, my writing stuffs, and uh, stuff here and there, and uh, just playing too much golf, yeah. and getting and getting a lot of stuff crap about it on you know, on on my social media from my friends. That's oh no, pretty much you're being life. judged. I see. Yes, and and I'm an aspiring uh, YouTube music cre- uh, creator, uh, and it's still aspiring because my music is not getting much hits anymore. Oh. Uh, I got 30 hits, I think, for my last, 30 views for my last cover. And uh, my golf swing got even more than that. So it's pretty bad. Yeah. But you know what, Bob? 
I know what the problem is, eh? Because you don't self-promote so much. That's a thing now. I'm shy. But that's how you do it. That's but how I'm you do shy. it. Yes, but that's the way it but is. It's, it's so self-promotion is so alien to our generation. Exactly. Young Gen X, you know, hardly any Gen X person is comfortable. Um, with self-promotion, except maybe if you're an inspirational speaker or something like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you'll go, if you'll go hungry, that. if you'll go hungry without promoting yourself, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but because I also, I'm an elder millennial. So even for me, the idea of self-promotion is a little weird because I grew up around that atmosphere na parang, KSP, you're promoting yourself. But it looks like that's just the way it is now, especially with the young people. That's how they get oh. their stuff out. It's so not just self-promotion. It's relentless self-promotion, the way they mm-hmm. do it. In so many channels. It's yeah. wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. And even the way people make music now is so different from how you guys used to do it. Can you tell me a little bit about how you guys used to come up with your songs? <laughs> Well, um, with the police, it started with Jay and I. And Jay and I were often uh, a little bit more collaborative with the stuff that we would do. He would have the germ of an idea. I would, the germ of lyrics and all that. And I would come in and um, co-write some of the, the, the lyrics with him, some of the laying down sometimes the, the vocals and how that would go. Occasionally, I would write uh, of course jay would write on his own as well and i would write on my own um like pa and and tae were pretty much you know two minute creations each <laughs> see bob though was always the lone wolf uh writer and composer among us Nux. i don't play well with others Nux. <laughs> you're not a team player <laughs> for some reason yeah. i don't know i don't mind we never we never tried it actually you know, I told What's all, your process, Bob? What's my process? Yeah. I, I, I'm in the bathroom and then a, a lyric comes to me. I, honestly, I don't remember some of them. Like, well, when we went to Palawan to do uh, pro, uh, pro Team Presents, and, that's, and I was inspired by Luli Island. So I wrote about Luli Island. I guess life experiences, pretty mm-hmm. much. The, yeah. the, as usual as, as it goes and uh, like like uh, the last song that, that we did uh, in 2018 Yung Tito I mean that's just totally that's that came from I think all of us living through it and then and then Gabe would say a lot of his Tito jokes and I just you know I, I was just surrounded by the whole experience of, of going through that and so it just came out it's literally just you know yeah, I just I thought of a lyric and then it came. Yeah, that can be a song, and the next thing you know, it's there. Yeah. And the thing I'm about always... Bob's go ahead. Yeah. The thing about Bob's process is that by the time it gets to us, it's actually quite polished already. He uh... has uh, he has complete lyrics, uh, melody, instrumentation, everything. And if ever we have input in it. Um, it's usually Jay with the arrangement and the production, yeah. All, yeah. all the studio tricks. I might change a phrase or two, but yeah. that's really, really it. Compared to, for example, with Jay, sometimes he really just comes with fragments and then we build on it. 
yeah. yun ang difference ng ng process nila and i think i'm also a little bit like like jay as well i come in with fragments um, and then we just build the rest of the song in as we go ah and i always considered you guys musicians but what drove you into following the path of comedy music because that i i understand in the 90s that was sort of something that was being done a lot. It's not so much done now, but it was. There were a lot of bands that would do it. Yeah, it was a thing. Um, I would attribute it now that I'm, you know, uh, forty-seven, mm-hmm. turning forty-eight. I would attribute it to some sort of nineties defensive mechan defense mechanism that if you're not sure, so sure about your. What, what you're doing or you're a bit insecure that your lyrics are too vulnerable or wherever. Taanim na lang sa joke ng konti and a lot more people right. can relate to it. I think it was a personal personality archetype rin siguro ng 90s. Yung mga I love you joke lang. Yung yeah. very ganun, yung very 90s yung yung uh, worldview and maturity. Yeah. That's how I would explain it. I don't know if Bob <laughs> Is it the same for you, Bob? Um, Did you pursue comedy, Saja? It, it was it was never uh, like you know I woke up one day and said I want to become part of a comedic music band. You know I just I guess I I had a sense of humor and, and I was able to make people laugh all, all the time growing up. And then I I, I Gabe was my classmate in uh, English and my org mate and Renzo was my classmate in high school and also my English classmate. We were all three of us were in the same. Yes, English we were. Yeah, uh, with uh, with Mr. Uh, Pulag. Max Pulag. Max Pulag, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they just one day, I, I don't even know when it happened. They just said one day, you know, let's call it the police. And I just said, okay, you know, so I was in, in advertising. So something already. to do. Yeah, and I remember we played in, 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 in I think, a, a party in my house in 1996. And I was just kind of along with the ride. And next thing you know, I'm a rock star. Yeah. You know, I, was, I didn't I didn't uh or anything. It was just there. And I guess I just from the very beginning it was kind of apparent that this was gonna be a lighthearted band. And so some of the songs in the first album were old songs of mine. Uh uh at least two of them. Uh the others were songs that that you know I was inspired by the vibe of the band, so I made the songs pretty much. That's that's mostly of the of the, most of the second albums. Ganyan. What was it like for you? Because you just said you didn't expect to get big. What was it like for you that your music was so well-received and you got so big from music like that, making people laugh? I don't think we were ever really that big. I don't consider myself pretty big. that big. Not I that, think... I mean, you weren't like Justin Bieber, but you were pretty we had, big. You were we, had pretty 15, big. we had 15 seconds of fame and people would recognize us. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just enjoyed, you know. I didn't. Oh, I had no ex- expectations of it, and uh, yeah, I just enjoyed the whole ride. I just wish we could find copies of our of the two music videos we did. Those are the things yeah, that it, it kind of disappeared, and I wish we could find them. Uh, it it was thrilling. Parang those were the no, because those were the that was the heyday of MTV Channel V and all of that, and it was a thrill to see our videos uh, in rotation um, for. For those channels, it was a thrill, always, 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 and it still is a thrill to hear our music on the radio. Um, the last time um, 
was, for me, that was memorable was that my nephew, who was born after uh, the police, si Pepe, just sent me an Instagram message and it showed him listening to Remember M on a Baguio radio station. And this was just last year. And I still get that thrill. Now, wow, these people who we don't know and, and uh, radio stations that you know, aren't friends of ours, that they still play our music, that counts for something. Um, mm. And that, I don't think that the thrill of that ever goes away. For, for me, it's when I, and I thought about this when I saw the duet of um, Ben and Ben and, and Gary V, the Pagtingin and Dibali uh, Nalang mashup. I don't know if you've heard it. Have you heard it? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't. Do, you know, do you know both of those songs? Pagtingin yes, by Ben and Ben and Dibali Nalang. Uh, Aaron, yeah. do, does Aaron know both I know of those the, songs? I know Dibali Nalang. I don't know the, the Ben and Ben uh, song. The big Pagtingin. Anyway, they're great, great song. And they, got, they mashed them up during the pandemic, and it's absolutely wonderful. And mm-hmm. and uh, when I heard it because it's like the, the the glory of original Filipino music is just amazing through the decades. And my band has a little tile on that mosaic. Yeah. And and that for, and that that makes me very happy and proud. Little tile. Little it tile. does. Like, yeah. You know, for me, parang I think one more thing is we were sort of conscious that of our target market at that okay. time. Um, and we, at that time, we articulated it as uh, the male uh, loser geek. <laughs> Bob put it better, you know, when we put up our Facebook page. Uh, he termed it, or he used the borrowed the term nerdcore. Okay, uh, that I wasn't the that's first what to use that are. term. I thought someone else used that. I I, I thought someone wasn't else that you? No, I, I, I no. Oh, if I, I might didn't. have been Renzo then. But yeah. And I still love that we are so beloved by that market today. Um, And we're such a part of their Nerdcore 90s experience because it's really like now, you know, I still, or at least I used to, I still used to do events and hosting different things. And it's always the tech guy. Up, up, up in the booth. Or the one documenting the thing uh, on 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 video, and they're the ones that go, the police, tae. Yes. So like, it's always yeah. those tech people who like give that secret fist bump and that. And I know your songs. I know, I know. And sometimes it's the deep cuts, pa, that they yeah. remember. And I'm like, yes. what the hell? So it's thrilling to be a niche uh, artist like that. Yeah, and and like I was, uh, I was uh, messaging a guy who was selling a golf club, and and he said, "I can't play with the police that day. I'll be getting five hundred pesos off on my three wood, you know." He wants to go to the music, you And like the guy who who uh, who does who fixes my guitar, I, he knew of us, and 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 the song that he mentioned was yung was yung tahe, the favorite song <laughs> of my mom. Yeah, so it, it's pretty cool. It's. But it literally feels like a past life. It's like I, I have, you know, it was so long ago. Uh, and it literally it, feels like a past life. Is it even in your About Me in Facebook? Because it's not on mine, I think. It should be. No, it is. I'm going to check my Facebook right now. I've been Facebooking <laughs> or talking then, to you guys from the very beginning. 
It is. <laughs> it's on my Instagram also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I know you said it's so long ago. Is there a reason you didn't continue to pursue it as a career? Was it one of those things na when it felt like work pangit na? I, I never um, th- thought of it as a career. I when all the time that I was doing it, I was working in an at a full time job in advertising. I never thought of it as a career. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's it, our cue to talk about the legendary the police work ethic. The legendary oh. the police work ethic. Oh no! What is this? thereof. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it was, it was <laughs> never a career. It was just something I did on the side. And and at at a certain point, we got we just got busy, and so we stopped performing regularly. But, yeah, uh, we we never disbanded or anything like that. But we just got. Ano gagawin ba natin to? Ganito ang bayad. Uh, okay lang. Pero wag na lang. <laughs> That's what we meant by legendary work ethic. We were just like, okay, we'll do it if it's fun. Um, the money wasn't the strong motivator for us. Really, um, it was really, are we having fun? Right. And the reason why we stopped gigging was in many ways it wasn't fun anymore para sa akin i really um developed a bad respiratory thing kasi at that time um when we were still gigging siguro mga 2001 2002 was when we stopped gigging all the places where you would play people would be smoking um right. ventilation would be bad um you would play late in the night and it wasn't For me, I couldn't anymore perform in places like that. Also for Jay, he would be affected by that. And then the late nights, and then dun na talaga na uso yung mga um, band nights where there are ten of you and it's a production. Tapos nagsisingitan kung sino yung ano. And you're like, uh, okay, I'm too old for I'm too old to mount the stage at 2 a.m. on a on a Thursday night. It just wasn't fun anymore, and yeah, not worth even it. The, uh-uh, even the tours that 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 we would do because we we did get to that level where we would be asked to do mall tours and all of that. It just wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, after a while, all the orgies every night. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just especially when you're by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you know, going with, seriously, going back to your thing about uh, the thing about my bandmates is that uh, they're all very talented and uh, in other things, and and we just fell into other things. I got into sports broadcasting, and and Gabe is an amazing events host, and he got into improv, and Jay also got into improv and filmmaking, and then Rusty uh, has his family business in in telecoms, and then Renzo. Uh, got into like apps, web and development, IT, and, and programming, is an, is, and and Renzo is an incredible writer. I'm sure you follow him on the Paperback Writer, and he is just the best writer I think of all all of us. It's a phenomenal, yeah, um, phenomenal works. He's, he just recently came out with a book. Jay came out with a book last year, uh, a graphic novel coming out with another one soon. So, parang there were other things uh, besides music that kept us. That got our interest, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what were the glory days like? Like the height of it all, band-wise. I don't know. I, I was just always in the office, also working. So <laughs> it was just something I did on the side, and and uh, 
get a little money here and there, a little bit of attention coming out on TV. But uh, I, I, I don't know. It wasn't really the rock and roll lifestyle at all for me. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't. Um, we weren't. Okay, for me, uh, if now our word for it will be metrics. Our metrics for ourselves back then was we wanted to be the most badass opening act in the country. Wow. Because for, for us, it was clear. Because yung mga friends namin, yung mga label mates namin sa Sony were Greyhounds, Razorback, Wolfgang. And we could really see their fan base go gaga over them. We were widely known, but our fan base would not come out in droves. Not even leave their house. They were and the introverts today rarely come to gigs. Pero we were a kick-ass live act, and uh, there was a series of several big concerts in music museum where it would precisely be that lineup: uh, Wolfgang, Razorback, Greyhounds, and the Police. And usually, we're the second act up. And their fans really, really, really loved us. Um, and that was the closest we, we felt to being rock stars because we could go as heavy as them. Um, for maybe minutes, <laughs> we, could, we, we could be, we were at that time that tight, that heavy. And that's when I felt like I was at the height of being a rock star. And one of the most bizarre moments was um, while we were playing because people wanted to get in, that the glass doors of Music Museum shattered. Tapos meron talagang, so parang, I think it was, I don't know if it was security or actual police who came up on stage to sort of stop the concert. And we were like there, wow, may totoong the police dito. Parang ganon. And that was... You know, yon. Uh, unfortunately, That's the craziest. Sa, yeah. There was also one concert that we left early. I think this was somewhere in Fairview or Novaliches or something huge. And kasama namin Wolfgang then. That's the only one I remember. Kung sino pong kasama. But so we left. But by the time the Wolfgang gig ended, <laughs> may patay na sa audience kasi na. Huh? Na stampede data or something. And I was like, oh wow, uh, I've been part of a concert na may casualty. Wow. Gosh, I don't remember these details. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. What do you remember, Bob? <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot that I remember. Mm. Um, going to gigs and out of town gigs and uh, some of the things that happen in out of town gigs. That maybe we can't talk about, but they're just so silly. But um, great memories. I, I, I think everybody needs to have a band at some point in their life. It's just really amazing. Wow. So, <laughs> so there was one gig where um, I hope Bobby forgive me for telling this one. anecdote. Hello. There was one gig. It was a provincial gig, and we were like sharing different rooms. And then, um, so Jay and I were like class, uh, no, roommates. And then Bob, I think it was you and Renzo. Yeah, I think I, le- I lost something or I left something somewhere or something. Oh, uh, no, this was different. Oh, okay. This was different. 
at like three in the morning, we get a knock and there are two models at the door, like like in tiny black dresses. I don't remember this. I vaguely remember it. T- tell and the story because I don't know how it ends. <laughs> and and they <laughs> and the reaction. Uh, it was our, our our road manager was the one who who brought them. And and uh, beauty. Uh, no, at least one of them was a beauty queen. Um, so they just knocked, and then suddenly at two or three a.m. to look the kami ni EJ. Tapos uh, they knocked. And then kami ni CJ, talaga reaction talaga. Bewilderment for like half a second. Tapos biglang, come in! Come in, join us! Ganun na kagat yung reaction. Ganun yung ano. So, of course, it was a joke and all of that. So, sinundan na namin. Sinundan na namin kasi next, kapatokin na si Bob and si Renzo. So knocking nothing matagal. So by the time naman kinabab, parang nakasando lang siya. Nakabrief lang ata when you open the door. Tapos, sinungitan mo lang sila. That sounds so totally, possible. Yeah. Totally sinungitan mo sila. And then when we went with them in the bedroom already, you had the kumot all over your head in embarrassment already. <laughs> Kasi nakita kang nakabrief at nakasando. <laughs> Possible, yes, possible. <laughs> possible. Sinungitan, guess, yes, yeah. possible. Yeah. Alam. Not within the realm of, uh, of uh, yeah, within the realm of possibility. <laughs> yeah, pero mga ganun na lang yung mga kwento na. <laughs> it sounds super tito. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, bata pa lang dito na. na. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are you guys, since you haven't disbanded or anything, I know the last, you mentioned earlier that the last song you wrote was in 2018. Do you still have plans of um, using the band as a creative outlet at any point? Like, is it something that you're going to keep doing? So, yan na naman ang legendary the police work ethic. Mm. Um, in the pandemic, Bob has actually written two pretty good songs. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And I have at least like, two. I have two others that in Ipa Boo, but I'm a concept now. Yeah, they, they, they're like a gestation period of like 18 months, two years these days. I, I the, 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 those songs, they were, they were in my head, but I just never got around to finishing them. And then the pandemic, because there was just so little to do, I ended up finishing them. Nice. And Jay has been learning a new instrument the oud, the. Uh, um, the oud, which is a uh, like a lute of uh, Turkish origin or or Iranian origin or something like that. But the legendary, the police work ethic comes in that have we bothered to record or do a demo? No, <laughs> we're just like wow, Julian. Yeah, one of these days. One of these days. One of these days is not like the other, you know. What what uh, chat group, what social media app does the police use to stay? What's your group chat? Viber. Viber. We have a very active Viber, Viber of group. course. And, it's the, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. And we talk about all sorts of stuff, believe, believe me. We like started what? that Viber group about two years ago. We talk about all sorts of Tito stuff, yeah. Like what? And, and it's, Such as? Politics oh, and, and politics and, and uh, pop culture. 
and sometimes music and you know that sort of stuff i think music is only about like 30% of what we talk about probably uh yeah no something like that yeah yeah but the rest it's really just you know updating each other on different things because you know the only one really active in social media among all of us is me yeah everyone else is super limited or completely off social media oh I, so, i'm on social media a lot <laughs> or baka yeah <laughs> quite often yeah but the rest of the band parang hindi talaga Um, so it, Jay, Jay is still on Instagram. Renzo is still on Facebook with his with his writings, but yeah, Re- Rusty is super off the grid. Yeah. Do you share memes or other things like that on the, your Viber group? I probably. Or is it really I, I discussions? So. Oh, it's a, it's a good variety, and and I think uh, when when we had when we uh, started when we started playing again in 2017. And then uh, when we did uh, the, the the Tito song and had a few gigs, I think we realized that that we really missed each other's company. So, and we had a lot in common because we're go we're the, almost the same age and we're all going through the same stuff. Like what? Uh, oh wow! Like what, Bob? I'm so curious. Like what? I'm sorry. Um, what are you guys going through in common? Well, it's all in the Tito song, pretty much. Just you know, oh, getting yes. older and uh, and uh, talking uh, and going through the you know just the vicissitudes and the vagaries of modern life, you know, Paul, the Paul political situation and and everything. Yeah. We talk about diet. We talk about um, maintenance checkups. meds. <laughs> maintenance meds. We talk about uh, things like that. We talk about acts that were. Uh, popular in our youth that maybe we're only appreciating now or have uh, newfound um, uh, appreciation for. Yeah, mga ganong ano. So I I wanted to ask why do you think Gabe kind of answered it earlier that the '90s was more of a joke time kind of era for music, but why do you think that comedy bands such as The Police and And um, parokya, they don't exist anymore. Why do you think that is? Uh, that's a really good question, and I I, I don't know. And I'm sure other uh, uh, bands who want to put a smile on your face will pop up, you know, in the near future. Because I think throughout the history of, of uh, popular music, there've always been bands like that. So, siguro para panahon lang, I guess. Yeah, tagal na rin eh. Yeah, and I I guess. Um, In a way, um, for it was easier for a record label label to invest on a comedy act back then, mm-hmm. because um, when the Eraser had started, the uh, ultra electromagnetic pop, um, some people were actually tempted to classify them as Filipino novelty. Oh. Uh, yeah, because yung mga tindahan ni Aling Nena, you know, had sound effects, had ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, mga ganon. Um, and we were, although we weren't part of the first wave of um, of OPM signings that happened with the Eraserheads, I think you could say that we were 1.5 uh, or, or not quite 
two, um, second wave. Um, when the when the record labels were looking for acts that would resonate with the college crowd the way Eraserheads would. So because there was some thinking like it was borderline novelty, um, especially after ultra-electromagnetic pop. It was there, it was Caterpillow onwards or yeah. that second album, what is the name of their second album? When they were taken Circus. more seriously. Huh? Circus, Circus. Album. Circus album. It was Circus when they were taken seriously as a band, as musicians. So I think we benefited from that. They were they were thinking of novelty um, and appealing to the college crowd. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. What do you think of, I mean, if the police was who they were now, do you think that your humor would have still resonated with the woke culture that's happening now? I think so. Pardon? We should be. We would just be more careful and more with it in terms of, in terms of um, being political correctness, political correctness, etc. I, I remember, for Jay and I, we were so uh, alarmed that one of our uh, one of the acts that really inspired us musically, it, the influence is not seen at all in our music, but Jay and I really loved this protest band called Inanglaya before. Talagang ano yan, protest, anti-Marcos music sila. And it was uh, Becky Abraham and uh, Karina David. And when they first heard our our song, Pogi, they were like offended. Oh. Because they felt it was anti-feminist, anti-ano. So Jay and I really went to a function to meet them and explain what Poggy was really about. And of course, we're such darlings and they were just like, <laughs> they laughed at how, how uh, and they thought it was sweet that we explained ourselves uh, to them. Um, so many of our songs, well, quite a few, would mm. probably not pass the, the woke culture references now, of no? now. But I think we would have figured it out. Naman. Yeah. It is. Do you think it's a little harder now to write um, comedy considering the cancel culture and all of that that's been happening in the past three, four years? Is it I think it's more challenging, but you can come up with something more creative, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of people, a lot of comedians manage these days, somehow. <laughs> and how do you feel about the woke cancel culture in general? Um, I, I, I think it's um, generally it's good. It's just sometimes uh, people get offended. And I, I, I made a comment about the famous person being attractive, uh, that she must have been attractive when she was young. And I got a nasty comment from a friend of mine, you know, because the, the, the famous person was a politician and, and I was taken aback by it. But uh, most of the time, uh, you know, I think it's it's okay to, to be more politically correct and be more sensitive about things. Of course, sometimes it does get too far. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I like them and learning these things and navigating them. Um, I have, in my youth, offended many, many, many people. And I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to make amends if 
I, if I do feel that I've gone too far. Or maybe even if I don't realize that I've gone too far, but if I've really offended somebody, I'm willing to apologize. Yeah. And that's, I think, a really good attitude to have because some people are just so resistant to the, to the changes that they don't care. But it's good that you guys are still, you know, adapting to um, the new, everything that's new. So do you have any advice to give people who are listening that want, you know, that aspire either to do music or to do comedy or anything like that, especially now during the pandemic? It's pretty hard. I think that, you know, music is one of the things that's helped keep me going because during the pandemic, not only did I learn, get more new music, uh, I started, you know, YouTube uh, prompted me to get a YouTube music account. So I don't use Spotify. I use that. I was able to get a a lot of new music and listening to new music. I hadn't done it in years and it was great. And I started uh, singing and doing covers on 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 my YouTube channel and sharing them. And, um, it, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll do a song that I really like, but it's not, but it's not that famous. Uh, and it'll get very few views, but I just really enjoy doing it. So it's, uh, you know, for my, san- as for my sanity, as much as it is for anything else. So, uh, you know, music's unstoppable. People have to keep on doing it, whether it's music, comedy, you have to keep on creating. It's part of, of being life and with the, with the really crappy world that we live in, lalong lalo now we need to laugh. We need to have music. So keep on keep on making music, whatever it is. As long as you like making it and somebody likes hearing it, um, it's a value. It's worth it. Yeah. Always. Uh, for for me, um, right from a specific point of view, and right from a specific experience. I think, but don't be afraid of, uh, of, of um, you know, detail in your song. Don't be afraid of precise emotions in your songs. Um, because sometimes the more precise and detailed your story is or your point of view is in a song, the more people can relate to it. Rather than coming in and thinking, oh, I will write a generic love song that will appeal to audiences of all ages or etc. That's often harder and walang dating. But if you really come in and think of, ah, this is for all the shut-ins, all the nerds na walang pag-asa, you'll find that that resonates deeply and more with people. And in a way, I guess you're more honest, especially if you're the audience that you're writing for also. That's true. All right. Well, that was great advice. Thank you guys so much. I'm so happy that you agreed to be on the show. And I'm sure the listeners are going to be so excited to hear everything that you just shared with me this evening. So thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're You're welcome. Our pleasure. Stay Stay safe. Stay safe. See you soon. See you around. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more info on the shows and the network, visit Podcast Network Asia's social media or visit www.podcastnetwork.asia. Also by Podmetrics. Track your podcast stats across multiple platforms to have a full view of your audience and clout. Sign up and create your account for free at podmetrics.co using our code TAWALETS. All caps.
thank you so, so much for joining me on another episode of Tawalets. Really, guys, I appreciate that you are listening to this. It's insane. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>